Welcome to Women's Hoops and Talks, the What Podcast, where we are elevating the voice of women in basketball. I'm Tara. And I'm Cassidy. Thank you so much for listening today. We've got a great show coming up. AJ McCord, Coin6 Sports Reporter, is with us today. But before we get started, let's break it off with an icebreaker. So if you had the chance to do an in-game sideline interview with anyone, past, present, player, coach, who would you pick and why? AJ, welcome to the show. Do you want to start us off? Yeah. Um, so I was thinking on that question, and I really did make it harder on myself because um, there are so many people I would have loved to talk to at some point. I mean, being a gymnast, I think Sean Johnson would have been an unbelievable interview at some point. Um, but basketball-wise, uh, would have loved to talk to Shaq at some point in his career. I absolutely love him on NBA on TNT, and I just think that he, yeah, I think that would be a lot of fun. Awesome. Ooh, that's a good one. How about- Tara, how about you? <laughs> Okay, well, let's see. I went in a different direction um, and thought about um, this year, uh, Brooke did an interview with someone's mom. And I can't remember. Off, Do you guys remember whose mom it was that Brooke talked to? Oh, it was Lamar Hurd's mom. Do you remember Oh, that? yeah, that was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I love would like that is my dream is to talk to someone's mom. So I would whoa. <laughs> are you are you are you like at the docks? Yes. Oh no. No, I think that was a car horn, unfortunately. <laughs> it added some good life to it. I thought that was like a foghorn or something. I thought you were on a ferry going somewhere <laughs> wonderful. Um Okay, so no, I think that I would want to talk to someone's mom who was watching the game. And um, so I think I would like to talk to Damien Lillard's mom and like get her breakdown of his game during like a halftime or during an in-game opportunity. That would be so good. Because you know that some of these guys, their moms, like, you know, totally. I think CJ said his mom also like watches very carefully. So I would love to get those reactions. How about you, Cassidy? Oh, I was torn from uh, so many ways with this one, but I think I'm going to have to go with my first thought when I came up with this question, which was, I think I'd love to interview Spike Lee on the sidelines, which I think is funny that we both picked non-players or coaches, (laughs) but I think that would be so entertaining to interview Spike Lee in Madison Square Garden. That's an awesome one. I think that also says why we're here and why AJ is where she is. No, you guys are great. I mean, you're quoting Brooke Oldendam, who's like the queen of Rip City. So if you're saying that she's interviewing people's mamas, then that's true. I'm all for it. Bring it on. <laughs> that's true. Well, AJ, you have been such a delight to follow all this season. You've um, oh. just done so much stuff. I just I can't understand how you can possibly do so many things because not only do you cover the Blazers, you're like the sports reporter. So you're covering all of the other sporting events that are going on, you know, the college teams and everything. Um, but just your blazer content, just, you know, so great. And uh, I wanted to find oh, out a little you. bit more. You're welcome. Well, thank you for, you know, providing us with great <laughs> stuff to watch. It's really cool to have like so many different choices. Um, but th- I was wondering, you know, how, how that went for you this year. I mean, the courtside uh, chats that you did, was that new for you this season? 
Yeah, that was brand new. Um, and we, we greenlighted that, um, and I want to say right before the Sacramento game. So go, heading into the Sacramento game, we basically knew that we would be traveling with the Blazers wherever they were going um, for the playoffs. And that was an idea that I actually got off of um, Cassidy Hubbard's hoop stream, which I don't know if you guys ever watched that, but it's great. And she's absolutely wonderful as a reporter, a host, a person, a friend. Like she's just, I couldn't love her more. And so um, I had been watching her hoop streams all season. And I was thinking, you know, we can do something like that because I think what's really cool now is that, um, you know, local TV is, it's trying to find its place in the world, if you will. Um, and in sports, there's so many things that we are limited in because we can't show highlights on our website. We can't show highlights on social media. So when we want to do like, you know, I, I love being courtside before a game. It's so fun. There's so much, so much energy. At one point during, I think it was game four, Scotty Pippen walked behind my live shot and I was like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. You know? And so I love the idea of like bringing something to you guys live, but I didn't want it to just be me talking the whole time because you guys can get me talking anytime. And so I wanted to give you, you know, something like what Cassidy did where you hear from the players and you bring in guests. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was something that I, thought of just right before the playoffs of like how could we um yeah how could we elevate our our coverage and be a place that Blazers fans wanted to turn to and so um I brought my idea to the news director and he I mean worked with our sales department and with our general manager and we got it greenlighted in I mean honestly like a couple of days and from what I've heard um you know I I watched them all back and I think they went okay but from what I heard Everyone seemed to like it, and I got some really great guests on, which, of course, I think is what what makes the show because I'm I'm not the story, but when you you know when Doris Burke comes on, who doesn't want to hear Doris Burke talk forever and always? <laughs> so um, you know, like the guests I got to have on were just so incredible, and I had to pinch myself at one point of like I am courtside at an NBA playoff game, hosting my own show, interviewing Doris Burke. Oh. What? That's amazing. It was just wild. That is. I know it was. It was crazy. I have this fantasy of Scotty Pippen following me around and narrating my day because I love his voice <laughs> so much, and just like having him walk by that, like I would have been so distracted. I would have been Scotty. Come near my yeah. Narrate my Brooke life and I were voice. a little distracted. <laughs> I had Brooke on at the time too, so it was like one of those awkward. Because when you're when the bigger the games got, the more media there was like packed onto the baseline, right? And so he was like passing right behind us. So it was one of those kind of awkward interactions of like Brooke and I both know him, so we were like, "Are you coming to join us? Are you just walking past very close? Like, what is going on?" And I think we ended up having a pretty awkward interaction, but it was funny. <laughs> I love it. Well, you mentioned Doris, and there are so many other amazing women working as sideline reporters and with Doris also play-by-play. And why do you think that there are so many women in that role across the league? You know, I think, um, well, I think a lot of it has to do with women like Doris in the NBA and Andrea Kramer and Erin Andrews, like these women who've been, you know, pushing the the boundaries of what um, people view as 
requirements to be a quote unquote expert in, you know, in a sport, in a field or in, in a male dominated, uh, a male sport nonetheless. And so um, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that the women before us just never gave up. You know, I mean, Doris Burke has never given up. And so I think a lot of it just has to do with um, Kristen Ledlow is another one that I is, is as wonderful of a human being as she is a reporter. And she, I think, is the best sideline reporter out there. And so I think it's just these women who have taken their love of the game and proven that, you know, we know what we're talking about. And in addition to that, we know how to, we know how to be that liaison between the fans and the players that they love so much. And at the end of the day, with sideline in particular, that's what you are, right? Like, in my opinion, that's, that's it. Like, I, I want to be the best, um, the best funnel, I guess, to get information from where I am to where the viewer is on, um, on the other side of the TV. So I think women just are innately good at that too. I think, you know, we're good at listening to people. We're good at understanding. And that's just like, obviously a broad generalization. I know many men who are very empathetic and can listen well. My husband is one of them, but, um, you know, I think that, I think it's just a role that, that women have kind of claimed stake in. And now we're seeing women do more like Doris Burke. Kristen called some WNBA and summer league games. Katie Wingy from altitude called some WNBA games. And so, I think you're just seeing women get more and more respect. Um, and yeah, that's, I think it's because of the hard work that people who came before us have laid the groundwork of. One of the things I think is so interesting about it is, you know, following you and Brooke and Jamie on Instagram and Twitter. It, it's just, you're, you seem like such a tight knit group with all of the other women who are in similar roles all throughout the the whole league and everybody just seems so supportive and it, that always just amazes me in in a situation where you would think that like there's you know there's limited numbers of these spots available but everybody's just so totally. encouraging yeah and that was something that for me was really wonderful to see throughout the playoffs too because Brooke and Amara and Jamie, they travel all the time. Um, but this was the first time, I mean, I traveled with the team to New Orleans last year, but uh, we won't talk about that. So <laughs> this was really the first time I had like an extended travel experience with, um, with those women and getting to see them do their thing um, up, up close and personal. And so it, it astounded me because I, I was in, I was in Oklahoma City and Leslie came up and introduced her introduced herself. I was in Denver and Katie came up and introduced herself. And I was in Golden State. I was in Oracle and Karis Burke came up and introduced herself. And it really is it, it's just such a cool thing because of course there are limited spots and of course, you know, we all have our own dreams and aspirations, but I think we also all realize that um there are going to be jobs and everything is going to work out. And uh, at least that's how I view it is, you know, I, I believe that the Lord's got a plan for me and the way it works out is the way it works out. And I, my success is not dependent on someone else's failure. I, I'm good enough to succeed on my own. And someday that will be, you know, that's been how it's been for my whole career. And so I'm always rooting for the women around me because I think, 
we're also stronger together. Even though there's a lot of us, there's still tails in comparison to our male counterparts. And so, you know, there is a sisterhood there of feeling like you, you know a little bit about what the other person is going through. And when you know that, it's, it's hard to be competitive, I guess, to the point where you would want someone to fail. And that's just also not really in my nature. <laughs> well, that's that's really cool to hear that. And it also, I mean, it also seems like the whole broadcast crew, the men involved as well, everybody just, yes. you know, maybe it helped because they were winning. I don't know if things <laughs> felt different, you know, last year during San Antonio or during the New Orleans. Uh, I'm sure everybody was still uh, very cordial, but it was probably not quite the same totally. <laughs> feeling. Well, it was also just longer. Mm-hmm. Like we were in New Orleans for like, 48 hours you know like there wasn't a lot of time to do anything but we were in Oklahoma City for like four days and uh Amara and Jamie and Brooke and I went out to dinner one night on an off day and so I think also the playoffs were just a lot longer this year which meant Mm -hmm. we had more time to see each other (laughs) yeah well taking it back to the regular season what were some of your favorite stories that you got to cover this year with just the Blazers or just in general? I was thinking about the Blazers, but, you know, if you have other ones you want to talk Blazers. about as well. <laughs> no, I mean, there were so many great ones. I think, um, I mean, I think before Nurk went down to see him have just like the fun and the success that he had in the, you know, all the way up to his injury. I think that that was a really cool thing to see because, after being in New Orleans last year, I gained, I mean, I've covered many a losing locker room in my life, but that was a, that was a humiliated and dejected and like tail spinning locker room of where do we go from here? And so I think to see this team come together in the off season and like Nurk obviously wasn't happy with the way he played. CJ wasn't happy with the way he played. And I think to see, some of these guys who didn't have the series that they wanted to last year come back and just be tighter knit. And it would have been so easy to point the finger and say, well, it's so-and-so's fault and -and so-and-so's fault. So for me, the whole Blazers season was just this one long stretch of feeling like I was watching, you know, what you want when you create a team, you want them to have chemistry. You want them to root for one another. You want them to not care who's getting the glory but to just be happy the team is winning. And that's what this team was about all season. And for me, seeing Rodney Hood find his place in, on this team in such short notice and, and his canter, I mean, I think you really realize how special the everyday is of covering this team when you see two guys come from two very different cultures than what the Blazers organization has created. And you see them, it, it was like, it was honestly like watching two wilted flowers begin to bloom again, like as totally cheesy as that sounds coming out of my mouth. But these two guys were beat down when they came here. And by the end of the playoffs, they were, it was, you know, they, they found their love of the game. Again. Wow. That's beautiful how you put that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, did you get a chance to talk to some of the younger guys on the team much this year? I did a little bit. Anthony is um, great. He and so they come out and warm up uh, well before like Dane and CJ and all those guys do. They come out and warm up 
pretty typically right when I'm starting my live shots, whether it's a regular season or a playoff game. They're, you know, one of the early one, earlier ones out there warming up. And um, they just have so much fun. And Anthony Simons, I swear the kid has trampolines in his feet. It is unbelievable how high he can jump. And both these kids are just, you know, the entire playoffs especially, they just looked like they were just soaking it all in and, like, living this dream of not having the pressure, which is great because they're still young. And, you know, I know you guys can kind of relate to my maternal instincts there, feeling like you're so young. I don't want the pressure to all be on you yet. You know, it's fun that you just get to be on the team and experiencing everything that is the NBA playoffs without actually having the weight of the world on your shoulders. Yeah, and they made for some amazing bench celebrations, I must say, this year. Yes, <laughs> yes. Zach Collins is the MVP of bench celebrations. Yes, for sure. So out of the young guys, do you have players that you think we're going to hear for hear more from in the future with the Blazers? Yeah, I think Anthony in particular. I mean, you just have to look at that Sacramento game to see what he's capable of doing. And I think that when the Blazers drafted him last year, there was a lot of skepticism of like, oh my goodness, this kid never went to college. You know, like he's so young. Is he really ready to play in the big leagues? And I recognize Sacramento wasn't, isn't necessarily the cream of the crop or playing their best players even at that point. But I do think the fact is the kid hung in there with an NBA team. And I think he could be I think he could do some really good things, especially shooting. And he did a great job controlling the game when he was into that Sacramento game. So I think we're going to see a lot more um, from Anthony next season coming off the bench and being a little bit more of a consistent spot. Definitely not like moving super far up the bench, but I do think, I do think we'll see a little bit more from him next year. Nice. Gary Trent and Scal Livia, they're kind of enigmas because like you don't really hear much from them. Have you ever had a chance to converse with either of them? You know, I've talked to each of them once or twice, but they are kind of um they do kind of keep to themselves and they're they I feel like they um, you know, they're they feel like I feel like they're just kind of there to observe and there to learn. And of course, I mean, I hear them interacting with Dame and CJ and Evan Turner. So like, you know, the, the veterans of the team. So I know in the locker room, it's different, but with us, I think um, they are a little bit more, you know, just not very often after a game that my, my burning need for the 11 o'clock meeting is to talk to Gary Trent Jr. yet. And so I think that they just kind of slip in and out because we all have deadlines and, um, you know, unfortunately that means we can't just chat for, um, how I would like to, to get to know these guys, but certainly this summer and after summer league, that's some of the things that I would like to dive into before we hit next season of getting to know these guys a little bit better. Right on. And give them a little practice because they're, you know, especially Anthony. Yeah, coach I, them up. I imagine Anthony, you know, the way the, the Blazers were talking about him during the exit interviews is, and even Damien was talking about him in the exit interviews. It's like we're going to be expecting to some pretty big things from him. So I imagine that he'll need the practice. <laughs> yes, yes. And Dame, if Dame's the one teaching him how to handle the media, he is in good hands because that guy is an all-star in every way, especially in handling the media. What makes a good 
interaction with the media or with, you know, with a player for you? Um, I think to me, it's, it's that a player, the biggest thing for me, which is also a big thing in real life, I think. And I think that's, that's the biggest thing is all these interactions. They are real life interactions. Like I, I never want a player to leave an interview with me feeling like they were just a source or feeling like, you know, they, they didn't, they didn't matter past the quote. And so to me, eye contact is a really big thing. And I always strive to have eye contact when I'm interviewing guys. And so just great about when you're asking the question, he is looking at you and he is giving you an answer to your question. And I really appreciate that. And Evan Turner is one of my favorites too, because he just says what he feels and there is no filter and he doesn't think about it. And so you combine those two things. And I think the interactions for me that are, that are the most, where I feel like I've done my job the best, because again, it goes back to, I feel like my job is to, you know, the people who aren't in the locker room, but who would die to be there. I feel like my job is to bring the locker room to them and to give them the answers that they want. And so an interaction for me that I, I view myself as having done my job well is where I get an honest answer and a true answer. And, um, I, I, the Blazers, I, I can't think of a single player on the Blazers who hasn't given me that when I've asked it. They're just, they're just a good group of guys who don't have anything to hide and aren't trying to, you know, shut you down or anything like that, which, which isn't always the case. That's awesome. Yeah. It, they've, it's been so fun to watch them. And then it's also extra fun to see them in the media be those really nice guys that I, it, it makes it even more fun to cheer for them for sure. And it, you've had a lot of different experiences this past season. And I'm wondering what did you learn this season? Ooh, like about myself or about just in general? I think anything that really comes to mind about maybe just covering the NBA and what you took away from that. I think for me, the biggest thing I learned is, you know, everyone has dreams, right? And like, I think um, it is pretty cool for me to say that I feel like I'm, I'm living a dream right now. I mean, I'm, I'm getting to go out and cover almost everything that I, that I want to be covering right now. Like we go down to Oregon and Oregon State football season and basketball season. We're at every Blazers game that we can possibly be at. We traveled with the Ducks for March Madness. We traveled with the Blazers in the NBA playoffs. And that stretch for me from like middle of March when March Madness tipped off and we're a CBS station. So we are, you know, all out for, for the NCAA tournament. And from that, from that middle of March until the end of almost the end of May, I was in every time zone except I guess Hawaii. And like some of them multiple times, I racked up who knows how many airline miles and I was exhausted. I had no idea what city I was sleeping in sometimes, but I loved every second of it. And for me in my career, that stretch was really the first time that I've gotten to be so fully invested with teams and like be covering them and traveling with them and for them and stuff like that. And so for me, it was really fun to feel like, okay, this is exactly what I thought it would be. You know, like this is what I wanted it to be. And, and I can, I can do this and I can have fun in it. And even in the 17, 18 hour days that 
turn right around into another 18, 20 hour day. I'm having the time of my life. And um, yeah, that was kind of a fun thing for me to, to realize that I, I love the grind. I love, I love the exhaustion. I love, I love all of it. That's so cool. I have a logistics question. So did you, did a a camera person travel with you or were you on your own? Like how, how did this stuff actually get done? Was it you doing it by yourself? Did you have somebody else that you worked with? Yeah, I had a, I had a photographer that I worked with. His name is Brian and he is great. He and I have worked together since we've been at coin and he was with me for almost all of the um, trips that I did. And so he ran the camera and we, we divided and conquered. Um, you know, he would stay in the post game press conference and I would go into the locker room and I had my own camera. And so he ran all of my live shots and everything like that. And then courtside chat. So was something that then, uh, he and I worked on together, but it was really like a show that I, I produced and I created, you know, I, I decided what I wanted to talk about and what guests to reach out to and, and things like that. So Brian traveled with me and made my life a hundred million times easier. There's so many people behind the scenes that, you know, nobody knows their names. They don't follow them on social media, but they, I mean, I, I couldn't have done anything I did without them. And Brian is certainly one of those people, but then we had a whole slew of directors back at coin who, you know, I just threw out this idea, let's do a pregame show. And they were like, well, that's going to require some, some technical logistics. And I'm like, Oh, okay. You know, I don't even think of that stuff, but a whole crew of of directors at coin made it work. And, um, we had another producer back at coin. And so I think it, it, it's just, there's a whole army of people that again, never get followed on social media and never get the love that they deserve, but could not do my job without them. Right on. Shout out to Brian, the cameraman. Yeah, beat up. <laughs> so uh, what's what's next for you in the immediate future? And then what are you looking forward to next year or like when the next NBA season starts? Yeah. Um, so this summer we're doing a lot of feature stories, which I'm really excited about because I at, at the heart of my passion, I think I told you guys I'm, I'm a storyteller. I like to share stories of amazing athletes so we got some really fun features planned and uh, of course the timbers and the thorns are finally home so we're covering them like crazy and um, I'm super stoked for free agency for the NBA to see where everybody falls what the Blazers decide to do who ends up back in a Blazers uniform next year I think just the summer is going to fly by and then we'll be in football season and then it'll be basketball season and we'll do it all over again <laughs> Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Well, let's go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for your time. Um, Could you want to tell people where, where, I mean, where they can find your work, like what your social media handles are and all that good stuff? Yeah, so it's uh, pretty straightforward. It's just AJ underscore McCord uh, on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And I also am so excited outside of work for all of the exploring. I have a whole bucket list of Oregon places that I am checking off this summer once the snow starts to melt. So you'll see all of those adventures on there as well because I am slightly obsessed with Oregon and the beautiful outdoors that we have here. 
Well, you better start exploring all those outdoors because you're so good. I'm uh, so afraid that you're going to be snatched away by the national media. Because oh. <laughs> oh, if they so watch sweet. your reel, they'll be like, this girl's amazing. We need her. So oh. we're. I just feel really lucky That's that we've so got kind. you. <laughs> that we've got you here. Um, well, oh, you know what? We got a, uh, a, a really fun listener email. Do you have uh, a few minutes to oh, hang yeah. on and, and hear it? Of course. I don't, yeah. I don't know if you had a chance to read it yet, Cassidy, but I thought it was really fun. So I wanted to read it aloud. Awesome. Um, so this is an email from our listener, Lisa, and she uh, is writing to us about a previous icebreaker that we did. So the icebreaker that we did was about a game that we would like to go back in time and watch. So here's what she said. Ooh. I know. I mean, so I'm going to ask you at the end, what's yours? <laughs> so this is what Lisa <laughs> said. She said, I wanted to chime in on your icebreaker for May 31st podcast. When you said what the icebreaker was, I knew instantly what I'd pick. If I could go back in time to watch a game, I'd pick game four of the 1995 W or 1995 NBA finals, because that's the game where Clyde Drexler won his championship ring. I was very happy for him. It wasn't with the Blazers, unfortunately. Instead, it was with the Rockets. And believe me, I am not, she writes in all capital letters, a Rockets fan. (laughs) But I was a Clyde fan. Clyde was my first favorite player. I was a late bloomer as far as coming to love basketball. And when I did fall in love with the game, Clyde the Glide was hands down my favorite. Clyde and the Rockets swept Orlando that year in the finals. Remember Orlando? Remember that, Shaq? (laughs) I did watch that game. (laughs) I was working late that night. I wheeled a TV that was on a cart down by my desk. When they won the game, I was jumping around and cheering and was so excited until I remembered where I was. I instantly froze and got really quiet just in case there were any others in the building. And I knew that right away that I was definitely a true blue NBA fan. It is a game I love. So to go back and watch that game, I'd have to use Cassidy's favorite go-to phrase. That would be amazing. (laughs) (laughs) So that was from Lisa. Yeah. So AJ, if you could go back in time and watch any game, what would you pick? Oh, you are putting me on the questions um I mean I think for me I would have liked to have watched I would have loved to I don't know that I would be super picky but I would have loved to watch a game with um that Bulls team I think that would have been unbelievable to see in person and um just all the history uh you know that that came out of that team and how much we often refer to them as the standard. I think that, I think that would be a really cool thing. And um, it's really how I feel about every Warriors game that I go to, which I know is not a like very popular thing to say, but really like people are going to be talking about this Warriors team for forever, like forever. And so I think for me, any of those, those games with that bold team would be, would be pretty sweet. That's an awesome answer. (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, that is going to do it for this episode of the What Podcast. Don't forget that you can follow the Hoops and Talk hoops and talks podcast on twitter at hoops and talks and you can subscribe to the show in the blazers edge podcast feed on whatever platform you use to get your podcasts 
Now, Dan uh, from the weekly podcast and I are still working out our summer schedule. So between the weekly podcast and the what podcast, we'll have at least one podcast out every week during the summer, mostly two. But the way that you can make sure that you get whatever podcast drops is by subscribing to the Blazers Edge podcast feed. You can email us at hoopsandtalks at gmail.com. You can follow me at TCB Biggs on Twitter. You can follow Cassidy at Cassidy Gemmett. And I think that's going to about do it. So for Cassidy and AJ, thanks so much for joining us. And we will catch you later.